Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, coming up on today's show, we're going to outline the worst retirement savings killers and how to make a big difference with small changes in your retirement plan. And we're going to give you some solutions to help avoid making those costly mistakes. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you, too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary in IAR, an investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. He's got 30-plus years in this business, and so uh, just that alone uh, is a, is reason to give him a call because he's been through what we're going through before. <laughs> yes, Right, right sure. Kevin? How are you? I'm, I'm real good, Steve, real good. And that's, yep, it's not my first rodeo, as I like to yes, say. Yes, yeah, indeed. Been, been through a few of these. Yes, exactly. And again, the way things are today, I mean, it's uh, it's really important for folks to, to kind of rein things in and understand that this is not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a lot of times, you know, uh, de- depending on how often somebody looks at the market, it it can drive it can really drive you crazy, right? If you're and, and I don't recommend paying close attention, looking every day, because the day to day moves many many times they just don't make any sense. And there's so much news happening, so many things going on, not just in the U.S. but around the world, um, that it is it is causing these violent moves in in each direction. And we're all trying to figure out you know where we're going to wind up the year and next year things like that. Um, so so it's a time you know marked by heightened volatility and sky high inflation, and it can become a challenge, right? So, so we've got some, uh, uh, some ideas about just some small things you can do um, that over time will make a big difference or can make a very big difference, you know, in the long run. And I, I think some of the things that sometimes we forget about, you know, for instance, with diet and exercise, you know, you make some small changes and over time it'll make a big difference. You know, one thing, one thing I did, you know, is a lot of us, sometimes we might want to lose it. You maybe want to lose a little weight, right? Yeah. Um, and so I told my wife who, who, okay, I'll admit I'm old school. She prepares, you know, pretty much all my meals. Yeah. And, and so I said, please reduce the portion size, you know? So instead of giving me 10 of these, give me eight of them, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, 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 but you know what? It actually works. Yes. I'll be, 
who'd have thought it works? <laughs> well, you yeah, know, but so... again, you're right, though. It's small changes and, and, and to see the results and nothing happens overnight. But but again, no. and the same can be said with with money. I mean, nothing happens right. overnight and, uh, and you can watch it grow. That's right. That's 100% right. And, and you know what I like to say, you know, I've, I've, I've been into you know, fitness and exercise all my life. And, and I always tell people, you know, you, you want to get fit and you want to lose weight slowly. You don't want to do the fad diet. You don't want to starve yourself and lose 20 pounds because you're just going to put it right back on again. Yeah. All right. And, and I'm going to say the same thing about building wealth, build wealth slowly. All right. Slowly, judiciously, you know, because the people that try to take the big chances that are swinging for the fences that want to get rich quick, they usually get broke quick. You know, they go broke quickly. And and because you got to take high risk in order to do that. And so I think I think if you focus on a measured, disciplined approach, you know, whether it's about fitness, getting in shape or whether it's about accumulating wealth and avoiding losses, I think it's important to take a measured approach. Don't take any outsized risks. Just know where you want to wind up, right? You want to you you, you got to set your destination before you can figure out the route, right? Yes. And and, and, and so we want to figure out, make sure we know where we want to be. And then we want to get there uh, with, in my opinion, with the least amount of risk possible. And, and some of the things that we can do, though, that can help you out along the way. Uh, you, you know, a lot of times I see people, uh, for instance, some folks, they, they, uh, ever, a lot of us use credit cards, right? We all, a lot of us love credit cards because they're easy. They're convenient. Um, but a lot of people aren't, they're not using the best card. In other words, what I like are the ones that, give, that pay you cash back. All right. I've got a card I use for all of our personal purchases uh, that gives us 2% cash back on everything. And doesn't matter what it is, doesn't have any limits, doesn't have any, because you know, I personally, I don't like playing those games. You know, someone say, oh, we'll give you this much back on gas and, and this much on restaurants, but we're not giving you anything on other stuff. Yeah, clothes, I, whatever. I, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't personally, I don't want to have to do all that thinking about which card should I use? Am I going to have a different card for gas versus groceries versus something else? And And so personally, I like just getting 2% back on everything. But if you're like me and your credit card bill is maybe, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars a month. If you think about it, if you use cash to pay for it instead of cash back, it's not huge, but I get back maybe 40 bucks a month, right? And, and so uh, it is money that can go for something else that's not wasted. Where if you use cash, you don't get the, you know, you pay with the old greenback, you don't get the cash back. So it's not just about paying off the card every month. Uh, which um, I, I want to reiterate, guys, we all know the best thing to do is pay that credit card off every month, right? Especially with interest rates rising, a lot of these credit card interest rates are well over 20% now. And if you let that ride, it is really going to set you back quickly, okay? If you do happen to have more than one credit card, uh, especially if you got a bunch of them, put it on a spreadsheet. I've ran into some people that have, I've, I've met people that have more than 10 credit cards. I've met people that have 15 and 20 credit cards. And, and what they do is they'll, they'll, they'll get a balance transfer on one, right, to lower the interest rate, and they move it over. But then they keep you, they don't mean to, but then they keep on using the cards. And I mean, I've seen people with hundreds of, I saw one with over 300 grand in credit card debt, and, and asking me how, help, please help. And, and the first thing I suggest is put this all on a spreadsheet. Let's see exactly what the terms are. Figure out exactly what interest rate you're paying in each one of them. And focus on paying down the most on the highest interest rate card, okay? Obviously, you got to make payments on everything that you have debt-wise. But if you have debt, focus on the one that is charging you the most interest. Pay that one down first is my suggestion. And, and continue to do that. Focus on the ones that are costing you the most. Pay those down first. 
and then try your best not to rack up credit card debt. The best thing, use the credit cards for the cash back. Or if you want rewards or if you fly a lot, maybe use a, a, an airline credit card or something. Um, but it's something that we all use. And I think that if you sometimes if, if you look a little closer, you can find a way that it can benefit you a little more, whether it's free miles or cash back. Um, but you can get some out of it and then you can use that money to contribute towards your retirement. Well, exactly. And, and I think that, you know, you say it too. It's it, it, sometimes it's easier said than done to pay it off every month. But if you get the discipline yes. to do that, I mean, if that, you know, if that's your intention, then, I mean, you know, make it happen. Definitely make it happen. And, you know, I, I would, I would say that if you're, if you're not able to pay off the credit card every month, if you don't pay off the balance, then, then we really need to take a step back and look at where your money's going, right? We need to look at, and you should, and this, this is when we suggest having a budget. Because if you don't know where the money's going, you need to sit down and write it down and make a record, right? Make yourself a budget, you know, look at everything coming in, look at everything going out, and then focus on, you know, what you can do to reduce those things, reduce those expenses. And, and one of the things that I see coming up all the time, and this, this was a personal pet peeve, all of these recurring subscriptions that you sign up for online and, and they give you a free trial, right? First two weeks are free or first three weeks, four weeks, whatever is free, but you got to give them your credit card just to get started. And that's so once that free trial is over, they can automatically start hitting you and charging you with those fees all the time, right? Of course. And, and I personally believe that they're banking on it, that you're going to forget about it. All right. I think that's in the DNA. I think it's designed that way. Oh, yeah. And, you know, perhaps I'm being skept overly skeptical, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's a big part of the uh, calculus that they're using is that you're going to forget about it. And people continue that, you know, because the charges are coming in your credit card. And a lot of folks are not as diligent as perhaps they might be. Uh, in other words, they don't look at the statement every month and they don't even realize that they're paying this bill every month. They just keep seeing a high balance on their credit card. So guys, take a look and analyze your recurring subscriptions, whatever you're paying for, if it's something online, a publication, a website, whatever it might be, or if it's something online, you know, a lot of us have streaming services now. Like I personally, me and my wife, we cut the cord gosh, maybe two, three years ago, um, you're cutting the cable cord, in other words. Yeah. And, and then we switched to streaming. And, and then, you know, we get Net, Netflix and YouTube and got Amazon Prime because I'm an Amazon Prime member. And I, Lord knows how many other ones we have. <laughs> well, uh, that's the thing. Lord okay. knows how many other ones we have. And I think we're all in that that's situation. Right. And that's right. And so I'll, I'll talk to my wife and I'll say, you know, how often do you watch this? You know, do you actually use this streaming service? And because, uh, you know, she's got her favorites and I've got mine. Um, and by all means, you know, if it's not an issue, if it's not something uh, you're trying to cut back on expenses, then, you know, live it up, have as many as you want. Um, but if you are looking for ways to cut expenses, I'm going to suggest taking a look at the streaming package you have. A lot of them have duplications of the same channels, you know, so make sure you're not paying for more than you're actually using and more than you actually, you know, you, you really need or you want, um, you know. And, and so the other thing I want to want to talk about is. Uh, you know, you know, we all get, uh, for instance, my auto insurance bill is coming due next, um, next week, actually. Okay. And, and you know, none of us, I don't think any, any of us really like to, you know, spend time shopping around and price comparing their auto insurance or the home homeowners insurance. Right. No, but, but guys, listen, I don't do it every year. I'll admit it. I do not do it every year. I do it every maybe two to three years. Um, you know, the most diligent of us would say to do it every year. Because what a lot of what a lot of insurance companies will do uh, is look, they give you in essence what's a teaser rate, and 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 what I mean by that is you might have signed up with a company before you shopped around and you said, wow, these guys are giving me a great rate, all the same terms, right? Because we all know to sit down when you sit down and do this, 
you want to have your insurance declaration pages in front of you. Okay. Those are the pages that tell you how much is your deductible, how much is your collision, how much is your comprehensive, all the different coverage amounts. You want to make sure you got that sitting right in front of you. And then what I do is I go onto a service online and, and, and they, and they're, they, I call them aggregators where they, they deal with a bunch of different carriers. So you only have to put your information out there one time and then they will come back and they'll, they'll send you, you know, a bunch of different estimates. Uh, but you want to make sure you're comparing the exact same coverage, right? So it is something to take a look at. I did it last year, uh, and it wound up saving me a couple hundred bucks, oh, you know, wow. for the year. That's pretty good. I think I think it's pretty good. A couple hundred dollars is still significant to me because uh, yeah. the way I look at it, I, you know, what I say, if, if I can put it in my pocket instead of somebody else's, that to me is how you get wealthy, right? That's, that's a win right there. That's a win. That's a win. Um, you know, so take take a look at it. See what you're paying. And by the way, make sure you don't, you're not paying for too much coverage. You know, if you've got, you know, for instance, some people don't think you should have collision on a 20 year old car, right? Cause collision is covering your own vehicle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take a look at your coverage, make sure you really need it. Uh, and, and sometimes you can lower your, de your deductible, you know, maybe if you got 250, maybe go to a thousand dollar deductible, that'll lower your premium cost you more out of pocket if you did get in an accident though. All right. So, so there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, the other things I like to do, you know, annual payments instead of monthly payments, uh, a lot of times they'll save you 10 or 20% on your, on your bill. If you pay it, if you pay the bill annually, instead of, you know, instead of, uh, instead of monthly. So it's just a matter of taking a look at where the money is going, because a lot of times that's where I can find money that gives me additional capital to invest. So taking it out of the expense column and putting it you know, out of the expense slash liability column and putting it into the asset column, right? You're moving it from the bad side to the good side. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I like to do. And that's what really makes me feel good. And then when you're done, you know, maybe you spend an hour on it, but you know what, if you find a couple hundred bucks, I think it's time well spent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I, that, these are just little, like you said, little things that make a big difference and uh, nothing happens overnight, but uh, Hey, let's go. You know what? It, it doesn't happen overnight. It does take, it does take time, but, but you can do it if you set your mind to it and, and then you just stick to it. Sure. All right. That's the and key. Isn't stick it? To it. Yeah. it is. You know, I think that's the key with retirement planning and, and long-term saving overall and wealth wealth accumulation. You know, something I tell a lot of people um, that a lot of people that I've met and, and something that I've known uh, or ran into experience myself. Uh, some of you might have heard of the book called The Millionaire Next Door. Um, so this is a family. It doesn't look like they've got a lot of money. They, they wear old clothes. They drive old cars. They lived in the same house forever. But you know what? There's a good chance they've got a lot of money put away because of the way that they live because they don't go out and buy a new car every two years, right? That's just going to depreciate and, and, and lose thousands of dollars immediately. They don't go out and buy the new latest fashion clothes and they don't move all the time. A lot of my clients, the ones that have the most money, they're living in the same house that they bought when they got married. Now they're 85 and they're in the same house for 60 some years. Man. All right. That's how they've saved a lot of money. Cause I look back and I say, wow, what if, what if I stayed in the same house? Right. How much money could I have saved? Because each time you move, you incur all the expenses of moving and, and, and then you get a Brent, you get a new mortgage. So you're resetting. You might've had 20 years to go on your payments and now you're restarting with another 30. You added 10 years of payments, right? So if possible, try to stay in that same house rather than moving someplace new, maybe just renovate a little bit or, or do some, maybe paint it or do something you know, less expensive as opposed to moving. Uh, in my experience, that'll save you a lot of money over your lifetime. Sure.
Well, and and again, you know, one of the other things we're talking about here is, uh, so what's your take on this one, the, the paying your mortgage biweekly? You know, I think it's a good idea. You know, that one depends on how you get paid. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay. You got to have cash opinion. flow. You got to have the cash flow. But if you're somebody that gets paid biweekly or, or you get paid weekly, then you might want to take a look at paying your mortgage on a, on a biweekly basis because it could save you a tremendous amount of interest over time. Uh, a lot of people don't think about it. Like personally, I don't get, you know, I get, I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually get paid on a set schedule. So um, we have, we have, so those of us in my situation, you have to manage it differently. Um, you know, and, and that's a person being self-employed. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so, uh, but if you can do, I'm going to, I'm going to break it down this way. I think if you can pay down your mortgage early, first of all, you need to make sure there's no prepayment penalties. Most, I think most mortgages don't have those anymore, but you want to make sure, and this should be a discussion at the, when you're taking out the mortgage before you sign to make sure you don't have a prepayment penalty so that you can pay it off early. All right. Because one of the biggest things that I, I hate paying interest, I, I hate it with a passion. And, and because to me, it's just wasted money. I feel like, you know, why don't I just burn those dollars because I'm just giving them to somebody else. And, and so I don't like paying interest on anything and I am doing everything I can to me. Paying off my house uh, is a very, very high priority because there's an interest payment associated with it. When I look at my mortgage statement and it shows you paid what a thousand dollars in interest last month, 2000 guys, look at your mortgage statement. Look at how much you're paying in interest every month. And, and, and if you do that a few times, I'll bet you're going to become determined to pay it off. And, and because it's a, uh, it's a lot of money. I think people spend way too much on their homes. Um, and it's, it's, it is what it is, but I think if you could take a look at it, see how you can pay it off early, you can save the interest and the finance charges and your, your, uh, your, your wealth situation will be much, much improved for getting rid of those interest expenses. So if you can pay that mortgage bi-weekly, by all means, go for it. I think that's a great move. Absolutely. 800-975-6717. You can call Kevin. Or better yet, just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Silverleaffinancial.com. That's the website. Cruising through retirement, that's the show. Kevin Brooker's here. And uh, we're talking about a lot of things today. One of the things that, uh, you know, and I often say I always learn stuff when I talk with you, Kevin. And, and uh, I learned something at the beginning uh, today before we got on the air um, about Mark Cuban. I thought I knew Mark oh. Cuban, but uh, you know, it, yes. I, I think it's sort of interesting what you've, uh, what you've uh, told me about. And I don't, I don't know that anybody it, knows this. You, no, you, you know what, Steve, I, I appreciate you reminding me of that because uh, we, we talked about it briefly before the show and, and uh, you know, I know a lot of folks, I don't know how, maybe, I don't know if everybody, but most people I think have heard of my, Mark Cuban by this point in time. Uh, you might know he's a billionaire, ex very successful businessman. He made his fortune back in the dot-com era uh, selling his company for billions of dollars. And then he went on to buy the, what, the Dallas Mavericks basketball team. And uh, of course, he's on Shark Tank on CNBC. Um, so he's a very, very wealthy guy, very successful guy. And, and what, I was telling, what I was telling Steve is that I really, to me, it's uplifting when I see a billionaire or an ultra wealthy person take action that shows me that he actually truly, sincerely does care about other people that might not be as wealthy as him. In other words, I, I feel like there's all kinds of stories about really rich people that don't do much to help others. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and so to me, it's refreshing when I see that somebody is actually doing something to help others. And, and what, I, what, what I'm getting at is if you take a prescription drug, uh, you might you want to pay attention because Mark Cuban created a company and he set up a website uh, specifically for generic drugs, generic prescription drugs, fully licensed pharmacies, got uh, signed contracts with, you know, regular regular pharmacies. But it's a website uh, that he set up. And guys, go take a look at it. 
I, I know that I, okay, I, I take a couple prescriptions and I get them from Walmart. Okay. To me, Walmart is generally a pretty good deal. Um, you know, with what I do, a lot of times I'm looking to buy something, I'll price compare it. I'll say, what is Amazon selling for? And what does Walmart want for it? And, and that generally, I think gets a pretty good deal. And so then if I find somebody that is actually undercutting Walmart, I say, holy cow, <laughs> you know, this is, I need to pay attention because Mark Cuban's website is undercutting Walmart's prices uh, by what looks to me like maybe 20 to 25%. Wow. All right. So guys, if you're paying for prescription drugs, do yourself a favor, look up his website. I want to say it's called costplusdrugs.com. It is. Cost right, plus yeah. Costplusdrugs.com. That's the, oh, that's the website. And I mean, I'll just give one example here. That's, that's just staggering to me um, that the Albans, I don't know, we don't know what that is, but it's, ger it's generic for Albans. Um, uh, their cost is 33 bucks. The full retail is 437 down right? to 33. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Right. How, uh, and I look, you know, my initial thing when I look, my initial reaction when I saw this, how is it even legal? They're selling that. Yeah. How, does, four, how does he four, do that? Right. 430 bucks and, and Cuban's selling it. And by the way, he's making a profit. He's making a profit guys. All right. What they're doing, what they're saying and what they say on the website, I think it's something along the lines of 15%, I think is what he's marking it up, but you can see it on the website. I am not an expert. And by the way, I'm not affiliated with this in any way. Yeah, I no, wish, I wish I. I, yeah. you know, I, I wish I did know Mark Cuban personally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Get in some <laughs> of this, huh? You know, God, can I, can you take me to a game maybe? Um, you know, but, uh, uh, but, but there, so, so my point, my point is just, I'm sharing the information. I have nothing to gain by this other than personally. All right. Um, well, tell you what, I will put that uh, link in the show notes for the podcast. So folks can just get there. Yeah, by, by all means, guys, take a look at it. I'm just trying to help. I, I want to help everybody save money in any way that I can, just like I want to help you make money in any way that I can. And it doesn't have to be directly through me. Um, but my clients know that if something comes up financially, you can talk to me about anything. I'm happy to help you out in any way that I can. I've been doing this over 30 years. I try to pay attention to everything financial, whether it's you know related to, to uh, you know Medicare, for instance, which I, I, I don't sell Medicare products. Um, but I'm very familiar with how it works and how you can save money, just like prescription drugs. It's not something that I actively engage in, but it's a way that you guys can save money. And uh, it's something I'm doing for my family. So I thought it was worth talking about. Oh, I think so, uh, too. I, I appreciate the tip. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what we're here for. That's, That's right. What we're here exactly. For. Always, always here to help. Teach, teach, teach. Well, again, but that I mean, and I say that somewhat with a, with a smile on my face. But at the same time, that's true. That is what, what you do. You teach. You share and, knowledge. And, Oh, and I, I, and I appreciate that. You know, that's, I think that's the name of the game, you know, and, and, and I think that what I always like to say is I think you can make a, you know, the more information that you have, I believe gives you the ability to make the best decision. And, and so I think when you're trying to make a decision about that, gathering information from multiple sources, because you don't know somebody's agenda, right? There's a lot of people or groups or businesses that maybe they're not exactly what they appear so you want to get your information from multiple different, and I would say contrasting sources. All right. Don't look at everything that's on the, you know, on the right side versus everything on the left side. Um, look at everything you can to get different perspectives, because a lot of times, you know, you can find an idea that can be very helpful. And, 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 and I'll take a good idea from anybody. I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not too proud to take a good idea. Oh, you uh, and me both. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter where it comes from. If it's a good idea, I'm going to look into it and I'm going to implement it if it makes sense. Um, and and so that's 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 really where where I'm at. And by the way, guys, on the website on so on our website silverleaffinancial.com, it's a leaf like a tree. Silverleaffinancial, 
Uh, we've got a lot of information up there. We've got blogs, we've got videos, we've got uh, the last uh, you know, 10, 15 shows that we've done. And we try to put the information up there and keep it fresh every week. So if there's a topic you're trying to research, you know, please check out the website. Let me know what you think. And uh, I think you might be able to find some information that you'll find helpful there. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a virtual encyclopedia. That's exactly, exactly. That's what we're going for. And uh, so, so going back to, to, to how, how we can help you, you know, how, how we can help you get to that retirement that you want to get to, right? The, one of the things that you want, guys, I would suggest you avoid doing if at all possible. I'm seeing data that shows like almost half of the population below the age of 50 has tapped their retirement plan early. And you know, I get it if you're if you're retired and you're 72 or something that makes sense, um, but if you're still working and you're below the age of 50, uh, I personally do not think it's a good idea to take money from your retirement account unless it is the absolute last resort. And and I want to clarify, I don't personally recommend taking money from a retirement plan to help somebody with their college expenses. That's one that I see a lot. I see a lot of parents taking money from retirement funds to pay for a kid's college tuition. Um, I think that's a big mistake. And I would caution you against doing that. Uh, I would advise, you know, there's a lot of scholarships out there for kids. It's not, not just athletic scholarships, you know, guys, that, you know, kids that play in the big 10. And it's not just for people that have a, you know, 4.0 average or, or higher. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, there are, you guys know there are scholarships out there specifically for left-handed people. There no are. Kidding. That's true. That is true. Wow. There, now, now, it might not be huge. I think it's like 500 bucks or something. Um, but I don't know. Is there a college kid that would turn down $500? No. So, well, um, two of my you know kids what? are left-handed, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should look it up. I, I used, guys, I used to do college planning, uh, and I used to focus on uh, what we call late-stage college planning. And that basically means that the child is in high school or like eighth grade, and the parents feel like they haven't put away you know, as much as they would like to. And they're trying to figure out a way to lower their expected family contribution. Anybody that's gone to college or has a kid that's gone to college, then you know that the government has a formula that you put in your assets, your liabilities, your income. Uh, and then they say, oh, we expect you to make this X amount of contribution. They call it the expected family contribution. All right. And that's what you're supposed to come out of pocket with. And, and there's a lot of ways you can lower that amount. There are investment strategies you can employ to lower that amount. Let's say you have assets because your assets are counted in that formula. So if a parent has a lot of assets, then the, then the government and the, the, the financial planners at the college are going to say, you know, Mr. Jones, you can afford to pay more. And they're going to say your, expect, your expected contribution is higher. There are actually strategies, guys, that if you're in this boat, give me a call because I might be able to help you uh, reposition those assets that could help you uh, reduce that expected family contribution. All right. So there's, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that you can uh, that you can do, and I got a little bit off on a tangent here. Uh, I was earlier speaking about the retirement plan and and not tapping the retirement plan to help with college. If you need help with college, there's other ways you can do it. Is what I'm saying. All right, you don't have to take it out of the retirement plan. I like it. Eight hundred nine seven five six seven one seven. And before we run out of time, uh, Kevin, the, the second quarter is over, and uh, things are down except uh, some, oh. some, some more than others and some not so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know what? And uh, Steve is referring uh, to, to uh, the pure growth fund that I started managing just, uh, just two years ago. Uh, I've talked about it on several shows in the past uh, and, and to, to uh, let everybody know that hasn't heard it before. What I did a couple of years ago, uh, I started managing a portfolio that is based on research from the decades gone by. 
In other words, I took research that when you backtest it over the last 30 years, shows returns around 25% a year, all right? And so I took that and I say, you know what? Uh, this is a rules-based strategy. I prefer rules-based strategy because I don't want to make decisions emotionally. I think if you have a set of parameters to follow, it takes the emotion out and it helps you to make effective decisions that aren't tainted by an emotion at a, at a particular point in time. And you might know guys like Warren Buffett. Uh, I think everybody knows Warren Buffett these days, you know, the Oracle of Omaha. And, you know, Peter, very, very, very wealthy man. And he made his wealth by investing in stocks. That's the key with Warren Buffett. Peter Lynch used to run the Fidelity Magellan Fund. Uh, I want to say back in, what, the 80s and early 90s. He had phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Um, so he made the money by picking stocks, right? Uh, William O'Neill, Bill O'Neill started Investor's Business Daily. If anybody's read Investor's Business Daily, we call it IBD, all right? Uh, then you'll know that the strategies they use are rules-based. You know, they've got uh, uh, methods of choosing stocks. One is called CAN-SLIM. The C is for current earnings, the A is for annual earnings, and, and so on. It's based on empirical data that the companies put out in their reports that you can analyze and you can figure out, is this company worth investing in? So what I did, guys, I took all this research from all these people that have made a fortune, and I'm just copying. I'm copying them. That's what I'm doing, all right? Last year, 2021, we had, a, we had a calendar year return of 35% net of fees in the pure growth portfolio. Wow, 35%. And, and, and so we beat, the, we beat the S&P by eight percentage points last year. The S&P 500 in the first half of this year dropped 21%. Uh, that's you know, through June 30th. Um, pure growth finished the first half of the year with a loss of 1.6%. Oh, so, man. You come through um, smelling like a rose. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know what? It we did still we did still have a small loss, right? Right, um, but compared to everything else, you're that's like a win. I oh, I'm going to say it's a win. It's certainly a relative win, um, no question. And the way we did it is it was the sectors that we were in. And I and I want to mention pure growth. The reason that I set up this portfolio and that I'm and I'm doing this is to simply demonstrate that I believe I've got a successful way to pick stocks. All right. It does, it, I'm not saying that you should put all your money in this fund. That is not the recommendation at all, because this is a concentrated portfolio, guys. This portfolio has never had more than 10 stocks and it's all stocks. It averages seven or eight stocks. OK, and so it's very concentrated. And, and, and that's by design, because I believe concentration is how you can build wealth. All right. Again, it, it is very, very difficult. I talked earlier that if you get if you're reckless about it. It's a, it's a good way to destroy wealth too. All right. But concentration, I think is how you accumulate wealth. And, and by, for example, think about Jeff Bezos, right? Guy that founded Amazon. Mm -hmm. How'd he be, how'd he become so wealthy? Because of, because he owns a boatload of Amazon stock and it went through the roof, a very, very, very concentrated position made him very wealthy. Right. And that's a common denominator with a lot of founders of, uh, of public companies. They got wealthy because they owned a bunch of their stock like Elon Musk. He was okay. Granted, he was wealthy before, um, but he made his wealth. I think originally through PayPal, yeah. through the stock, yep. and 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 then he's doing it again through Tesla, and and who knows what else. He's he's uh, I, I call him the Thomas Edison of our generation. But my point is, there's a lot of examples of how people have accumulated great great wealth through a concentrated position, and and so that was the logic in what I did. And so far, it's working out beautifully. But because it's concentrated, it can it does have more volatility. Because we're we're, uh, we're I'm focusing on sectors that are doing well, and so through the first half of the year, it's held up really well. 
Going into the third quarter here, though, a lot of the positions I have are in energy and the oil space, which have gotten beaten up so far in July. So, so it is something that, you know, it is a roller coaster ride, right, that we're on. And we want to make sure that it is, a, it is an ascending roller coaster, right? That we're going higher, you know, higher highs and higher lows, so to speak. Sure. All right. So if you'd like to talk a little about pure growth, by all means, you know, give me a call. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. What I do is I use the same strategy to pick stocks, to select stocks for portfolios. But it's, but it by, all, by no means does it have to be all stocks. Most of my clients have the majority of their funds in exchange traded funds. And then we'll add some stock positions, maybe 10% of an account or 15% of an account or something. We add those individual holdings, I say, to get added horsepower. You know, you give us a little turbocharge if sure, you want. Sure, I like it. All right. I think it's a good way to do it. It's something worth taking a look at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, one I'm going to ask you one quick question, and I know the answer can be very long, but what's uh, how are you feeling about things? Have we reached the bottom in the market? Have we reached the top with inflation? What are, what's, what are you feeling? Oh, my goodness. That is... That's a <laughs> that's, heavy question. I mean... That, that is a, that, a heavy-duty question right there. Um, okay, let me, say, let me say it this way. I, it does feel to me like we may have seen the, like we've seen the peak in inflation. But I don't think that means it's going. We're, we're going back down to where it was at any point in time. In other words, I think we're going to be maybe we're at seven percent instead of eight and a half, or six okay. and a half instead of eight and a half. As far as the market goes, it seems I feel like we're stuck in a trading range. Uh, we seem to be stuck in this trading range of thirty-seven or thirty-eight hundred to to maybe forty-one hundred or forty-two hundred on the S and P. Um, you know, and I think it's going to. The answer is going to depend on the earnings. Uh, we're at, we're coming up on earnings season here real soon. Uh, so in the next couple of weeks, towards the end of July, we've got a ton of companies reporting earnings, and then they're going to be making their forecasts going forward. So I do kind of, I think there's a good chance we have not seen the bottom of the market yet. I don't think it's more than maybe eight or 10% lower, but I do think there's a good chance we could see that uh, in the next few months. All right. Well, I like that. And on that note, uh, I mean, that's some good stuff to leave us with, Kevin. You know what? It is important, guys, you know uh, where you're headed so that we can make sure you're on the right path. So if you'd like to discuss it, please give me a call. I'll be happy to uh, help you out and answer any questions you have at any point. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. 
Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 